You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Lamentations. He's lamenting, the prophet is, the preacher. Jeremiah preached 41 years and had zero success. The nation did not come back to God. Isaiah preached 62 years. The nation did not come back to God. They went into bondage. I know that some may today consider me to be right-wing or conservative or whatever you want to call it, too strong. But I'm going to tell you something, friends. Your freedom days are numbered. If there is not a change, we've raised our kids. We haven't raised all 14 of the grandkids yet. I don't want our grandkids to live in bondage where government controls everything. People got all excited when Obamacare came because now the government, whenever the government gives you something, there's bondage, there's strings attached. Now all the, I want all these, I'm not, I'm not, you take the vaccines, take whatever shot you, I had to go see my doctor for something, and, and, and the nurse said ahead of time, now you, you're, you're, you need these five shots. And she was so sweet about it, I said, no, I'm not getting any of them, and I'm not getting any time. And she said, you know, pastor, I'll put that in your file. And I have a good doctor, and she was a sweet nurse. Now, if you're all for that stuff, go take it. I'd kind of like to know. I mean, they're, they're giving us a vaccine, and they won't even tell us what's in the vaccine. And they won't even tell us what is the side effects of the vaccine. Now, do what you want. But government should not control our lives. They control education. And they're reaching in, ask our, trying to control the Christian school education. And they want to control our health. And they want to control our whereabouts. You know, I'm all, hey, I'm like, we had 35 electric cars come to church a couple weeks ago. I love those electric cars. They're so cool. But we think that's helping because we're in charge of climate. Before we get done with Jer- Lamentations, we're going to find out we're in charge of zero climate, according to the Bible. But what happens when they get us all on electricity and they did what they did this summer with their smart meters at our house, they just shut our electricity off. Have we thought about that? Well, I have generators. Well, where do you get the gasoline? I mean, come on, on, folks. Government, the Constitution, the Federalist Papers, it's limited government. You don't want government to control your life. I don't want to control your life. I want to preach the word. Someone said, well, you want veto power. I don't want veto power over your life. You do what you're supposed to do. You answer to God, not me. The Bible tells us in Lamentations, we saw last week, chapter 1, how chapter 1, that when a nation, our messages are, when a nation forgets God, when a nation forgets God, it affects individuals, family, uh, the sanctuary, the church, and the nation. That's all chapter 1. In chapter 1, there were 70-plus words like, uh, like the word anguish and affliction 
and anger and sighing, sighing and sorrow and grievously and despised and nakedness and turneth and filthiness and affliction and adversary. There's over 70 words in those uh, 20, uh, 22 verses of all the sorrow. Now in this chapter, there's over 80 words. He's trying to get the idea across, folks, things are bad. In chapter 2, verse 1, in chapter, chapter 1, God is warning of judgment. Chapter 2, the judgment came. And that's what these 22 verses deal with. The judgment's now here. You see, Jerusalem, we'll read the scripture. Jerusalem became under siege on January the 15th, 1588 B.C. And they lived through that for about the next two years. Their COVID was about two and a half years. But then all of a sudden, the walls were breached on July 15th, 586 B.C. And they tried to attack those walls to get into Jerusalem, to that city. They failed for about a month. But on August the 14th, 586 B.C., the walls came down. And they invaded the city and invaded the land and captured the people and placed the people in bondage. America is about freedom. It's about liberty. It's about life in our Constitution. First paragraph, life, not death, not euthanasia, not abortion, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Don't, don't you think a baby has the right to life? I wonder how many of the 60 million babies that, that have been slaughtered, I wonder which one had... I wonder which one had the cure for cancer. I wonder which one could have been the president of the United States or a first lady or a a woman that would raise up a godly seed. Those children are lives. What is it, you hear the heartbeat in eight days? God says, and God's word proves there, he says, your substance, I knew it before you were formed in the belly. I knew about you. When a nation begins to slaughter, when a nation begins for 50 years slaughtering babies in the womb, then why do we think it's strange that they're slaughtering people on the streets? I heard how that Mr. Pelosi this week was invaded. That's such a sad thing. Such a sad thing that an 82-year-old man with a hammer, they take such a sad, you know what that's a reflection of? That's a reflection of sin that has entered the country. No 82-year-old man, no two-year-old child should have anything like that to him. If you have the idea who gets his wife such a bad way, they deserve that. No, they don't. And the present president doesn't deserve to be hurt either. And the previous president as well. When a nation begins to want to, Hosea 4.1, killing, slaughtering, hurting, harming, you have a nation that's rejected God. For Jesus, the Bible says, is life. And we get away from the life, we want death. 
Lamentations, how doth the Lord covered, how hath the Lord covered the daughter of Zion? With a cloud in his anger. He's going to introduce this word cast down. It's down is, is 11 times in these five chapters and it's five times in this chapter. Cast down from heaven, the earth, the beauty of Israel. And remember not his footstool in the day of his anger. The Lord has swallowed up. And you're going to see the word up 15 times in these five chapters. And in this chapter, six times. Swallowed up the inhabitants and hath not pitied. He hath thrown down in his wrath the strongholds of the daughters of Judah. He hath brought them down to the ground. Do you know, let me stop before I continue to read. Whenever a nation gets away from God, it's down, down, down. The prophet Jonah thought he could get away from God, and he went down to Nineveh and down to the the ship and down in the bottom of the ship and down to the bottom of the ocean. When a person gets away from God, it's all downhill. He hath cut off the fierce anger of the horn of Israel. He hath drawn back his right hand from before the enemy. He hath burned against Jacob like flaming fire which devoureth round about. He hath bent, our Lord, our Lord, he hath, he hath bent his bow in the, like an enemy. He stood with his right hand as an adversary and slew all that were pleasant in the eye of the tabernacle of the daughter of Zion. He poured out his fury like fire. Watch this, verse 5. The Lord was the enemy. Not to the outside enemy, but to the Jews. God said, enough. I cannot tolerate this anymore. I cannot tolerate what's happening in my house. You said it so well. We were teaming teaching my wife and I in our adult couple Sunday school class today, and she said, we've got this movement, all these 35 35 and 40 and 45-year-old young people are coming on with this new idea of contemporary services and casual services. Stop the Sunday school, stop the hymns, and get the praise teams. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? It is not working. He said, well, they're bringing crowds in. Crowds is not the answer of the touch of God. Bible says, the Lord was the enemy. He hath swallowed up. He hath destroyed, swallowed up all our palaces. He hath destroyed his strongholds and hath increased the daughter of Judah mourning and lamenting. He hath violently taken away. He, watch, he hath violently taken away his tabernacle. God was going to touch what we would call the New Testament, the church. I'm done with it. You have crossed over a line. The Sabbaths forgotten the Zion and despised the indignation of the anger of the king and the priest. And the Lord has cast off his altar. He hath abhorred his, what's that word? <coughs> Pardon me, sanctuary. He hath given up into the hand of the enemy. This is God. He says, I'm done. I'm done. Let the enemy do to you what they want to do. Our text comes from verse 8 this morning. 
The Lord hath purposed to destroy the wall of the daughter of Zion. Here it is. He hath stretched out a line and hath not withdrawn his hand from destroying. God says this to the children of Israel. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I put a line in the sand. Churches that like to bump up against the line of God and against the flesh and the world and the devil and all their own and do their own thing. Every man did that which was right, Judges 17, 6, in their own eyes. We bump up against that. And you know what's happening now? Not only are we bumping up against God's line, we're stepping over, Brother Cooper, that line. Brother Everson, we, we decided that we're better than God. We know more than God. We'll just, we'll just step on over, Brother Bertram. We'll do what we want to do. And God says, I've drawn a line. So in this chapter, you see anger and cut off and devoureth an enemy and adversary and tears and sorrows and violence and mourning and lamentation, desolate and furry, fear. You'll see all that. Go, please, I've marked them all in my Bible. Mark it in your Bible. Chapter 1 is the judgment. Chapter 2 is the invasion. And God says, I stretched the line out. You know, a nation, number one, can cross a line. Greece did. Have you ever studied world history? Greece, Greece crossed that line. They, that was so powerful, and Nebuchadnezzar, whole, they, they, that owned the world. And, and Greece crossed over that line, and she became not only a tributary, but total destruction. Uh, Rome, the Roman Empire, Roman Empire, have you read the five reasons for destruction? One was the family. They said the family was so fragmented that the family because it was looked at so casually, it caused the collapse. When a, when a nation begins to toy with the family and redefine two men can be a family, that's not a family according to God. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He created male and female, created he them. And for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. You can redefine all you want. Now, I don't even know how many genders we've got left. I know there's 60-some, they're saying. Kids want to go to school, and they're a cat, or they're a dog, or they're a rabbit, and they want to bring their litter box for them. Now it's acceptable. What a demented society in Romans chapter 1, when we elevate the animal and dethrone the God who made the animal thinking themselves to be wise, they became fools. When a nation crosses the line, look at chapter 2, verse 1. The Lord hath covered the daughter of Zion, Jerusalem. That, that country of Zion, God said, You're gonna have to, I'm going to have to cast you down, nation. Look what he says in verse number 3. He hath cut off his fierce anger from the horn of Israel, Israel, you've gone, you've gone too far. You've crossed that line, Israel. I have to deal with the nation. And he's going to. Verse number four, he hath bent his bow like an enemy. 
Verse 5, the Lord hath the enemy. He hath swallowed up Israel. That's the nation. George Washington, our first president, said this. It is impossible. It is impossible to rightly govern a people without God and the Bible. We haven't had a United States president in over 50 years go to church. They say it's for the protection of the people. Well, why can't they go everywhere else? We need a leader that will go to God. I'm talking about Republican and Democrat. Go to church. George Washington did, and he had no security there either. His pew is still back there in the church. He sat in this pew. You cannot govern a nation without God or the Bible. Look at the nations of the world that are trying to govern without God. We're told by President Lincoln, it is the duty, it is the duty of nations as well as men to recognize that truth, truth in the Holy Scripture by all history of those nations are only blessed whose God is the Lord. That's the Bible. Our President Benjamin Harris said, we must be governed by this sacred book, and when we're not, there's nothing left to govern society. Our country, have you ever read the books, the prayers of the presidents? Our congressman invited me a few years back to pray before Congress, before COVID. And I did. It's in the congressional record. It's wonderful. But you want to know something was so sad? You have to submit your prayer, what you're going to say. So we put scripture in there. They have to approve your prayer. When a man has to have his prayer approved in Congress, something's wrong. A nation here is going to destroy itself because they crossed the line. God said, I can't go, I can't help you anymore. You're aware of the fact that President James Madison, Madison was the father of our Constitution. And he said this, we have staked the whole future of America and civilization not on the power of government, not in the Constitution, but that the capacity of each and every one of us, one, should govern ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. You don't need a government to tell you what to think. We have the Word of God. You know what happened to this nation? Greece, Rome, the nations that have fallen, they crossed over a line. Uh, Do you know what happened in this text with a church? When you cross over a line, the church is extinguished. I know the Old Testament word, uh, the New Testament word church is not in this text, but they talk about the sanctuary. And God says, you know what? The nation's wrong, but the church is wrong. You, you, You preachers that are listening, don't be canceling Sunday night service. You know, the big thing is, well, you fundamentalists, you're not Bible teachers. We're going through this book almost word by word, verse by verse. The first thing you counsel is Sunday school. 
Oh, well, we're, we're deep in the Word. Yeah, then why do you cancel 200 teachers teaching, 300 teachers, 450 that study the Word of God to teach the Word of God to a group of people, sheep? Why would you want to can- cancel something else? Cancel the basketball game. And we have sports here. Cancel the, the volleyball game. But don't cancel Sunday school. America was built on the Sunday school, 17, about 1796, I think the year was. Sunday school's been used to get boys and girls into teaching the Word of God. Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther, the Lutheran, founder of the Lutheran faith, said the gates of hell will be at the university and the schools of our country. And they will, this is 500 years ago, they will usher in destruction. He wasn't far off, was he? The sanctuary, notice what he says about the sanctuary. Verse number one, of chapter, verse 10 of chapter one. The heathen are entered into the sanctuary. Chapter two, verse six. He hath violently taken away the tabernacle. The sanctuary, the tabernacle, the same, they're synonymous. Verse 7, the Lord hath cast off his altar, abhorred his sanctuary. Chapter 2, verse number 20, the latter part of the verse. The prophet is slain in the sanctuary of the Lord. So I don't like, I don't like, you may not like it, but friend, when you don't have a free America in a short time, look how fast things are eroding. Look how fast things are corrupting. Whether it's true or not, they told us this week that we're 25 days away from diesel fuel being out. You know what brings the food to our houses and our clothing to our houses? Diesel trucks. I don't know where it's at. But when we were energy independent nearly two years ago, and now we don't have enough fuel because we're not allowed to have fuel in America because of climate change, they duped us. I'm sure this is not going to be on Facebook today. I'll guarantee you that right now. They'll edit it. You see, parents, let me say something about this sanctuary. You're caving. You think the church is optional. You think Sunday schools, I, I put them in the Christian school, what more do you want? I, the, the Christian school's not in the Bible, the church is. God's institution, the Bible said Jesus gave his life for the church. He said, well, where in the Bible, I remember 45 years ago, a man came up to me at our church, 46 years ago, and they said, well, you know what, you say Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, why do we have to, where's that in the Bible? I said, you know what, you got me there, it's not in the Bible, other than forsake not the assembly of yourselves together, and upon the first day of the week, that's the only thing I see. So I, I don't see a Wednesday night in the Bible. So you got me. He said, well, then why are we preaching? I said, because the Bible says daily. Amen. So we can do it our way, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, or we can do it God's way every day. Which one you want? He goes, you got me there. He had a good attitude about it. See, see, 
And I know I'm old compared to a lot of you folks. I was raised here 15 minutes from here. You did not buy gasoline on Sunday in the 50s. The gas stations, the Flying A, the Mobile, the Shell, on the corner of our, of our place where we live, you couldn't get gasoline. They were, they were shut down on Sunday. Sears was not open on Sunday. You don't even know what a Sears is anymore. And Montgomery Wards was not, was not open on Sunday. And the grocery stores were not open. I worked in the grocery business. The grocery stores were not open on Sunday. Because we used to think in America, Sunday's the Lord's Day, a holy day, not a holiday. That's why you go back and see some of the baseball games. They didn't allow Sunday baseball games, the uh, Major League Baseball. And when they allowed them, they had to start after 1 o'clock in the afternoon and have to be done by 5 o'clock. And that's why you could go in the record book and find, you got your, your internet, find there are some ball games that end in ties in baseball. This was a nation that was built off the house of God. And we're so casual with it today. Exactly right. yes, sir. You know, can, I, can I tell you something? I'm not, I'm not upset with God's men that are trying. But every, everywhere I go and everywhere I hear and preachers call, we can't get our choir back. They don't want to sing. For you church members that have watching today, you have a voice. Get in the choir. We have a church of extra 500 people. Nobody wants to play the piano, so we sing along with you. All over America, and we, had, we were running 800 on the buses, and yesterday right at 400. It was wonderful. But as far as I know, that's the biggest comeback of churches right now that I know of in America. Those, I, I've got churches that I've talked to the pastors. We have nice buses, but they're sitting. Nobody wants to drive them. See, we got preoccupied. Now, we know all about the sports. We know about all the players. Anti-God, most of them. Got quiet there, I know. Just touched the nerve. Drunks, alcoholics, womanizers being arrested all the time. That's our heroes. Getting quiet in here now. I think I may have just touched on something. I'm not sure. Church members, it, it seems like today money has captured us and play has captured us and sports is, and chilling. We're all chilling. But what, a, what about leather and lung preaching? Thank God for this church. Another year, in just a few weeks, we'll have, brother, thank you so much, Brother Pusa, 100,000 Bibles out to this area. And last year, 100,000. COVID, 100,000. Every, every year, and to the jails, and to the prisons. And they're crying. They were crying out during COVID. Can we get some Bibles? They were wanted the Bibles before. Thank God, the jailers from women and men called said, bring us Bibles. This, this nation knows she's a mess. But if you're not careful, church, we'll cross a line. We'll just cross that line. Those three little beautiful little girls of years, probably age six, four, and three, or two, or whatever, two, I guess, one, one and a half, they're not going to know this. So what happens now when the government comes in this year and says you can't have church anymore? I'm not going that way this time. So we went to the parking lot. 
I know we went to the parking lot, but I'm going to tell you something. America was never shut down one Sunday in America's history that you could not go to the house of God. What they needed the most during COVID was a house of God, and they legislated it out. Ask the schools what they're finding out, that fifth graders cannot read. Watch the attention span. They went to their devices, but they did not have any instruction. You cross a line, cross a line, we won't have the church, but the church is the salt, it's the restrainer of wickedness. You know what happens when you cross a line? It, it affects the nation, it affects the church, it affects the family. Look at the latter part of verse 11 of chapter 2. Because the children and the sucklings swoon in the street. And they say to their mother, where's the, where's the corn, the wine? When, when they swooned as wounded in the streets. You know, when you go ahead, go against God, you cross a line, it hurts, it hurts the children. It hurts the children. Look at verse number 12. They say to their mothers, just read that, verse number uh, 19. Let's look at 19, the latter part. Lift up thy hands toward, for the life of the young children. They faint for hunger in the tops of every street. Look at verse number 20, the children. Verse 21, the young and the old, they lie on the ground in the streets. The virgin and my young men are fallen by the sword. They are slain. It, it affects the children, the home. Because you know what happens here? God drew a line and said, you're going to get right with me. And they said, no. And the nation crossed over. And God brought judgment. And the church crossed over. And God brought judgment. And now the family. We're out of time. Let me give you one more. You know, you can cross the line for salvation too. The thief on the cross, this one, this one crossed over the line and said, I, I don't want you. Well, one went to paradise, went to heaven, one went to hell. I don't remember. I have the book somewhere. I don't know if I've ever read it. Crossing God's Three Deadlines. I forgot who preached that 50 years, 60 years ago. Who was that? Gerald, Harold Smith. Crossing God's Deadline. Do you know that tonight, today in this room, if you're not saved, some have crossed over. You've rejected and rejected and rejected. And with 8 billion people in the world and the vast, vast majority have never heard, why would God keep knocking at your heart's door? If you're not saved, I'm telling you what's ahead of you, a place called the lake of fire. I'm not going to heaven because I'm any better than you. You're probably better than me. I'm going to heaven because 66 years, almost 67 years ago, around this time of year, I asked Jesus Christ to be my personal Savior. I was on my way to hell, and I knew it. And I asked Christ to save me in 1956, and God forgave me my sin and saved me. Don't deserve it, but it's mercy and love. And he wrote my name in the book of life. Are you saved? You, you can't play around with this thing. It's, it's urgent right now. You must understand that you can cross over. You see, uh, chapter 1, which, what's the last chapter 1? What's the last verse, the last word of chapter 1? Chapter 1, verse 22 is the word faint. 
What's chapter 2? The last word, consumed. They were fainting, but not only in chapter 1 were they fainting, now they're consumed. They're just consumed. God said, you crossed over. I think of that, forget her name, Jackie, I think from Missouri, I'm not sure, she's a congresswoman and really apparently a very good lady. They're traveling about a month or two ago in their car. One of her aides was driving and another one of the three of them and the aides somehow apparently, apparently crossed over the line in a head-on collision. Looks like a very sweet lady in the picture I saw of her and a sweet congresswoman and family and children. All three perished. I think we think sometimes you can cross over a line and there's no consequence. Ms. Treber and I drove about three weeks ago from Winnemucca, Nevada, up to Boise, Idaho. I think it's 250-some miles. I might be wrong. It's over 200 miles. And it's all two-lane road. And I determined that I wasn't going to play uh, play it with, with, with I, I had her life. I was going to play it safe. I don't know, maybe I did. Going up there, there was more traffic. I'd never passed. And we were going the speed limit. And I believe in the speed limit. limit uh, you obey the speed limit plus seven. <laughs> don't look at me that way, Brother Poussin, because I know you believe 10. 15, better yet. You just tur turn the police car lights on and you keep on going. You have no emergency to go to, but that's what you do. Last thing I wanted to do is ever put that lady in harm's way. On the way back, we were heading back in the morning. There was 10 minutes, 15 minutes at a time, no cars. But when it had a solid yellow line, I watched them both by some guys just try to get around. They got around safe. I could have done the same thing, but she's too valuable to me. Amen. This nation and this church and your children and you are too valuable. I'm not going to be reckless and let you cross over a line without at least warning you. Amen. A sweet congressman, woman, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas is going to be so different this year for that family. And by the way, I'd be, I think she was a Republican, right wing as far as I know. And I would be just as hurt if it was a Democrat. They're people. Someday you'll hear God's final call to you to take his offer of salvation true. This could be it, my friend, if you but do. God's final call. God's final call. Has he been talking to you about getting saved? You're watching today or you're listening here in the song. Has he been speaking to you? You're, you're, you're maybe in the Christian school. You're maybe in the Bible college. Uh, you're maybe a member of the church and you know you're not saved. Has God been speaking to you? You can cross over the line. Oh, okay. I know he's not willing to any person, but you just said, no, 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 I don't want God. Well, uh, place your finger in a fire and see how long you can take it. That's what's ahead of you for eternity. A lake of fire, the Bible says, whose fire is not quenched. 
How can a loving God do, do that to us? A loving God doesn't do that to us. We do it to ourselves. We reject him. We say no to God. We have our own agenda. Remember that song, honey, that was familiar in the late 70s, early 80s? Um, but you came one day too late. One day too late. Jesus came and you were left behind to wait. But you said no. Some of you are going to live through the tribulation seven years. Some of you are going to see bloodshed like you've never seen because you just said, I'll, I'll get saved. I'll get, so I'll get right with God. Oh, if you're saved, you'll get right with God. Yes, you'll get in the, uh, into heaven without being right with God. But what a shame that you wasted the life that God gave you. I know I've told you this. Probably it's been years since I've told you. I was preaching the old A-frame building on Clyde Avenue. I remember when we bought that building. In the 70s, late, mid-70s, we began to rent it. We rented it in 76, rented it. I can't remember how much the rent was, but it was very cheap. It would seat about 60 people. Brother Kerry, God bless him. We worked together, I think it was in October time, and we expanded to 198 chairs. And I got so afraid, I thought, what have we done? How will we ever fill this thing? I was preaching on a Sunday morning in that little building. I think it was before we expanded it. It may have been right after we expanded it to 198 chairs. I was pleading with people to get saved. And there was, a, there was two, 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 we have chairs, folding chairs, none of them matched. And we had a lady over here visiting. If I remember, she was 24, sweet lady. I could see during church that she was listening carefully. It was about salvation and getting saved, and she, she listened so carefully. And I said at the invitation, this is not the invitation now, but I said then, would everybody at that time, I said, would you all close your eyes and bow your heads? And I prayed, and I said, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're lost and you know you're not saved, I won't name you by name, but would you let me at least pray for you? And I'll never forget, Pastor, she raised her hand. You know, as a young pastor, I was so excited. She was going to get saved that day. I could just tell. But she went, Brother Martinez, come. I wasn't going to go see her or embarrass her or make fun or ridicule her. It's so urgent. I don't know if I've done this since. I probably should. She came to the door when, and I said, you know, I, I couldn't help, but I didn't say it for other people. I said, I couldn't help to see that God was speaking to your heart in church. She goes, he was. And I said, the invitation, you raised your hand. Are you saved? She goes, I'm not. I said, could you let my wife or me or somebody show you? She goes, not, not, not today. Not today. You know, that line was drawn. That was her day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. This probably is not going to happen to you. She got in a vehicle and drove, and she hit the border of Oregon that afternoon. She was late that afternoon into Oregon. And that night after I, church, I found out what happened. She rolled the vehicle and perished. 
that day, just hours after, she heard the plan of salvation. I hope she got saved before she died. She crossed over. He said, well, I'm a member of this church. If I get saved, people are going to ridicule me. They're going to think ill of my family. <laughs> Not around here. We would rejoice with you. Amen. You see, God draws a line for a nation, for a church, for a family. You see it there. And he draws a line for salvation too. You must be born again, he said. Are you saved? Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve him this week.